0: But for the month of December, we had been uh, preaching and talking and teaching on the birthing season or the season of birthing. And um, I don't know about you, and I'm sure you have, but I've grown and I've received impartation and I have grown through what we have learned over the last month. And uh, Pastor David kicked it off by um, speaking to us about birthing a promise, which was coming from our identity, who we are in Christ, that we're a son. Uh, Then, um, let me get this right, then Pastor Nelson preached on destiny, birthing a destiny. Pastor Daniel was birthing intimacy. And Pastor Sean was birthing a friend. And then on Christmas Day, Pastor David rounded it up with birthing of a Savior. And all of those things set me up. So thank you, (laughs) because they're all vital and important um, for birthing the miraculous, which is what I want to talk about today. And um, if you want to, our passage that we're going to be looking at today is Luke 1. And it's a long, it's a long section. It is, I want to look at Luke 1 from about 26 to 56. So I'm probably not going to read it all. I'm probably going to jump around into places. And um, all of us know the, um, like we like to call it the Christmas story. Um, All of us know that already. And um, so I'm going to be reading to you out of the Passion Translation. And... um, Sometimes it's, it's fun to read passages that we've read for years out of the King James, and we know it in our head, and we could probably almost recite it, and it's fun to read it out of another translation because it blows it open, and it's like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it that way. So that's what I want to do today. Um, I want to talk about the season, the season of birthing, birthing the miraculous. Mary is who we're going to look at today, and she birthed the miraculous. Jesus is the miraculous. He is supernatural, and she birthed him, and um, his birth was miraculous. Um, So if you want to just stand with me this morning, I'm going to do something a little bit different. We're going to pray. I just want to focus this in. Father, I just open our hearts this morning, Lord. We just open our hearts to hear your word. We open our ears to receive your word, to hear what you're saying to us. We just cast aside and remove any hindrance or block distractions that would come that would hinder us from hearing and receiving from you this morning. Lord, we come with a posture to receive we come with a posture to receive and everybody said amen you may be seated so I'm going to go to Luke 1 verse 26 and I had to get reading glasses contacts aren't enough to help this anymore we've had to go to the next level And I'm just going to start reading at verse 26. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of David. Let that sink in for a minute. A true descendant of David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. You are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear. There's an interesting term. Do not yield to your fear. Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. And Mary said, but how could this happen? I am still a virgin. And Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you. And almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. And I want to just pause there for a moment. The term um, spread his shadow of power, overshadow, is actually the same. It was a Greek metaphor, and it was actually the same thing that's used uh, when they talk about Jesus and the Mount of Transfiguration and uh, the cloud of glory that overshadowed him. So I want you to think about that for a moment. And at Solid Rock, any of you who have been here, even after just one service, you know how important worship is to us, how important the manifest presence of God is in this house. And we actively keep it in front of us. We actively pursue it. We actively seek his face. Why? Because when his glory comes things are conceived. I want you to grab hold of that. When his glory comes, things are conceived. So when we have worship time and we have free praise and worship and we enter in and we begin just pouring out our heart and giving all glory and adoration, those are key times for us to come. In whatever state we are, and bring the broken pieces to him for him to come over, overshadow, and his glory to invade. Because when his glory comes, things are conceived. And I want you to grab hold of that picture. I want you to grab hold of that revelation. Because it will give you a new purpose for why we worship. It's not just three songs, sit down, and let's have a sermon. There is a purpose for Worship, and that is to have his manifest presence come and dwell here. Amen. What I want you to see from this verse was Mary had an expectation. I don't know about you, but I have expectations. Um, it's January. Pastor David is a big planner. He says to me, very shortly after the first, "So what are your goals for 2018?" I just looked at him and scowled. Amen. It's just a true story. <laughs> then I thought about it, came up with something, but anyways. But Mary had an expectation. Let's think about Mary's life for a minute. She was a good Jewish girl. She was engaged. She was going to get married. Her expectation was she was going to have a home. She was going to have children, and her husband was a carpenter. And that was her life. That was Mary's expectation. That's what she thought her life was going to look like. But God had something else in plan for her. She was going to supernaturally conceive by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. And what God speaks to us, prophesies over us, promises us, he supernaturally conceives that and births in us. So, I'm a big believer that every promise in his word is for me. And if God has done it for you, He is not a respecter of persons. He will do it for me. So if God has healed you, then I can come to agreement with his word and an expectation that I can believe that for myself. Amen? If God has provided provisions for you, he will do it for me. And that's why the power of the testimony is so huge. Because it builds our faith. But there's something going on here with Mary that goes beyond that. Because what was Mary's expectation? She did not say, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to you know, be the mother of the Son of God. That wasn't her expectation. And there is something that is unique to you that God has conceived in you that is directly tied to your assignment. It's unique to you, and God has conceived it. If we carry on to verse 37. Not one promise from God is empty of power. For nothing is impossible with God. Grab hold of that today. Not one promise of God is empty of power. So if he has conceived something in you, he has put everything there that is necessary for it to be birthed. So, most of you who know me know I I like asking questions. My family now just rolls (laughs) their eyes at me. (laughs) And if you're around me long enough, and we have coffee together, I'll have some questions for you. So, here's a couple of questions. What has God spoken to you? What has God prophesied over you? What has God said to you? Because He is something that is uniquely conceived in you. Pastor Sean made an interesting statement when he preached. He said, The devil doesn't want it birthed in you. Devils, the devil doesn't want that birthed in you. You may be carrying healing. You may be carrying financial provisions. You may be carrying prophetic words or words of knowledge that people need for deliverance. You may be carrying intercession that is necessary to break things open in other people's lives. You may be carrying supernatural wisdom and discernment. What are you carrying? What has he conceived in you that is unique to your assignment? And some of you are going, oh, I know. (laughs) And others of you are sitting there going, I don't have a clue. I'll give you a little window what that looks like. Often the difficulties and the storms and the trials that we face, and we look at them as something to be avoided, but the truth is those are the very things that are being used to birth the miraculous in you. Our problem is we run. We have natural reflexes. Touch a hot stove, pull your hand back. Do you go touch the hot stove again? Not usually. (laughs) Right? So our human nature is we run from pain. We run from things that hurt us. We run from things that are difficult. We don't want to go through that trial. We need to flip it around. Flip that upside down and change your perspective. Flip it upside down and stop looking at it as something that is painful, but look at it as what is God enlarging in you right now? And some of you have had me ask you that question in this last month. What is God enlarging in you? What's going on? And sometimes we talk about, oh, and this happened, and that happened, and this happened, and that happened. And that's all true. But let me ask you, what is God enlarging in you? What is growing inside of you? What is he birthing in you? Let's carry on. Verse 37, we read. Verse 38 Mary responded saying, this is amazing. I'm sorry, Justin. Let me back up. The first thing Mary did was Mary heard the word. Justin made me graphics. <laughs> Mary heard the word. The second thing is, is Mary received and believed the word. So let me read verse 38. Mary responded. i back up. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. I want you to take that home with you. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Now watch Mary's response. She responded saying, "This is amazing. I will be the mother of the Lord as his servant. I accept what he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass." And the angel left her. Now, I love that's one of my favorite verses and I quote it, but I quote it more in, you know, King James or something and and it's "Be it unto me according to your word." That is ultimate submission. That is receiving the word that the Lord has spoken over you. He has prophesied to you. He has told you. And you saying, I'm not fighting this anymore. Be it unto me according to your word. I will do what is ever required that you're asking of me. So we see Mary accepted the word. She came into agreement with it. She believed the word. When I read these verses, I see how huge faith is. Because faith is required. Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. She had faith. Later on in Luke, um, Elizabeth says to her, Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you by the Lord. She believed what the Lord said to her. Do you believe what the Lord said to you? Okay, well, here's me, okay? Okay. I believe what the Lord said to me. You prophesied this over me. I believe it. I receive it. I'm having an amazing time in the Lord. Things are going well. His word is popping alive, and it's ministering and confirming words. And then time hits. And more time. And more time. And more time. And what God spoke and what God prophesied, we're not seeing it. Okay, well, I don't know about you. But there's times when I come and I go, okay. Because, see, I'm a big questions person. Okay, did I hear God properly? Did I actually hear him accurately? And I begin to question. I should stop doing that. (laughs) Do you believe what he has spoken over your life. It's a yes or it's a no. It's faith or it's unbelief. Do you believe what he has prophesied over you? Favor came because Mary believed. Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you know that we bring great delight to his heart when we believe him? He is just looking for people who say, I believe what you said. That's mine. I'm not letting go till I see it. The children of Israel did not enter into the promise. Why? Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Now we see two sides of this. And part of stewarding the prophetic is we have to recognize what's God's part and what's our part. And sometimes we want God to do his part and we want him to do our part. But what God's saying is, no, 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 no. no, no. I've conceived this in you, but, well, this, this has to grow, and it has to be nurtured, and some maturity has to come. That's our part. Mary had to physically carry the baby for nine months should physically do that. So let's carry on. We're going to drop down a few verses. We're going to drop down to verse 46 to 47. And uh, what we see happening here is uh, Mary has decided to go to Elizabeth's. And uh, when Mary comes in and, uh, and, and greets Elizabeth, the moment that Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, John actually kicks in Elizabeth's womb, and she's filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And she begins to prophesy over Mary. And she prophesies, great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. This is Mary's response. And Mary sang this song. What did Mary do? Mary worshipped. So she heard the word. She received and believed the word. And then she worshiped. That's our posture. And there's uh, a lot out there right now regarding spiritual warfare, and, and I don't really want to get into all that, but um, I take a pretty simple stance. The enemy is under my feet, he has been defeated. I do not have to wage warj- warfare with him, I do not t- need to engage him in battle. You don't have to attend every gunfight you've been invited to. Think about that in your marriage as well. When we see what God sees, our perspective changes and we begin to worship. So, uh, and I wrote it in my phone, which isn't up here with me. Um I think it was Olivia who said during the beginning of worship, "Worship like it's already done, because it's been won." Amen. Amen. That is our position. That's our perspective. That is a key to spiritual warfare. Stop engaging the enemy. Walk away. Walk away. Worship. Um, those of you who are going to life group this week, it's a really great section on Gideon in there. And uh, Gideon, you know, is hiding, and everybody knows Gideon's story. And Gideon went down into the camp to see what was going on, the enemy camp. And he overheard one of the um, enemy soldiers telling about a dream that he had. And basically, you know, Gideon's army is annihilating them. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. He worshipped. Why? Because he saw from God's perspective what was actually truth. What was going to happen? No longer did he have to go cower in, you know, the wine press. You see another example of that with uh, Elisha and his servant. You know, his servant comes to him and says, Oh my goodness, there's, we're surrounded by the armies. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he would see. And What did he see? He saw the Lord's armies surrounding. okay. What do you need to see from God's perspective today? Because, see, sometimes we hear the prophetic word, it's conceived, it's birthed, or it's conceived, and then time sets in and trials set in, and we lose our perspective. We lose hope. Kind of like the children of Israel. They never entered in. They didn't believe. But when we can see from God's perspective, and we actually see what God sees... What his plan is, we worship. When we worship, our language changes, and we come into agreement with his majesty. Faith and hope are cultivated. And what's interesting, if you were to read uh, verses 48 all the way to 55... That is Mary's prophetic song. That is Mary's prophetic song. So she didn't just come, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, and just, you know, okay, I praise you, Lord, I worship you. No, she engaged. She engaged. And she began to worship and sing and say, what God had said over her. She came into agreement with his word and she began to sing and worship his word. Your perspective will change. What do you need to see from God's perspective today? That's another question for you. Well, this next point could almost be missed because we read through this account and we've read it from the time we were small children and we've heard it since we were small children that we can just, we just bounce right over it. But the next verse just jumped out at me. Verse 56, before going home, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months. Now you may say, why is that significant? Mary nurtured the word. She nurtured the word. She stayed in a place that would support her and what God was doing in her. She stayed where she would get help. She stayed with her tribe. She stayed with those who could see the vision. She stayed with those who could see what God was supernaturally birthing, conceiving in her. And she stayed with them. She surrounded herself with a tribe of people who were cheering her on, encouraging her, fighting for her. Where are you right now? Are you planted? Are you surrounding yourself with those who will help you nurture the seed that the Holy Spirit has conceived in you? Because if you are not, You are in for a heap of trouble. You need to surround yourself with your tribe. Sometimes we don't recognize what God has conceived in us. Maybe you say, Well, I haven't had a prophetic word. So sometimes we don't recognize. Because it's been hidden by the process of pregnancy and childbirth. The enlargement process is painful. Ask any woman who's had a child. It is a painful process. What God has conceived in you, and it needs to nurture and grow is often not a pleasant process. There's pain there. Why? Because things must shift to carry the enlargement. When things shift, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we have to let go of certain things to carry what God has conceived in us. What has been supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit in you, that you have, what has, sorry, been supernaturally conceived by the Holy Spirit in you, that you have failed to recognize because it was disguised by pain. So, if you're saying to me, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I would ask you, what is painful to you at the moment? What is being enlarged in you? What is being stretched? What things are you being required to give up and sacrifice? Because some things require sacrifice, and they require us to give up good Not everything that's good is good for you. Did you know that? And just because something is lawful does not mean it is good for you or God's best for you. And sometimes we actually have to say, you know what? I'm laying aside the good because I'm going for the gold. Amen? Because I want to see what God has conceived in me. I want to see it brought forth and birthed. It's going to require something of you. I'm telling you right now. I'm not selling you a a big thing of rainbows here. I'm telling you right now. It is going to require something of you. Are you prepared to pay that price? Are you prepared to nurture what God has conceived in you that is unique to your assignment? Or... Are you just like, yeah? that's just a little too hard. That's uncomfortable. I'm just happy with the status quo. We have many, many Christians who are living lives of status quo, and what God has conceived in them is not being born. Because, again, I go back to God has his role to play, I have my role to play. Then if we move through to Luke 2, verse 6 to 7. Hmm. And if you're like me, there's some things that the Lord, I know what the Lord has said. I know what the Lord has prophesied over my life. I know what he's prophesied over my husband's life, my children's life, over this church, over many of you. And I am ready for birth. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. (laughs) That's that's an interesting statement. She should be delivered. (laughs) And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And that's Luke 2, verse 6 to 7. Mary birthed the Savior in less than ideal conditions. That's not where she would have chosen to have a baby. If that was her choice, she would have sent Joseph there straight away. She was in a barn. God chooses the timing and the birthing. He chooses. Again, that being said, Part of his choosing, when that happens, is dependent on what you're willing to do in the nurturing, growing, and maturing process. But it's God. You cannot prematurely give birth. Not a good thing. God chooses it. Then in Luke 2.19, it was interesting because it says... um, you know, so the shepherds have come, the wise men, and they've spoken things over him, over Jesus. And she says, she, it says, but Mary kept all of these things and pondered them in her heart. So sometimes we birth something, and it's just like, thank God it's over. And we forget what we're supposed to do. But Mary kept the assignment in front of her. Keep the assignment in front of you. Why are you going through this? Why is this being birthed? Most times, what God is doing in you and birthing in you is for someone else. So, what are you going to do with it? Keep it the assignment in front of you. Are you prepared to do whatever God is requiring of you? Are you nurturing the prophetic word that he's spoken over you? Are you stewarding that? Are you surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you nurture the seed that's in you? Are you praying into it? Keep it in front of you. Write the prophetic words that you get. I I keep them in my phone. And I will regularly look at them. Write them down in a book. Write them down on cards. Read them. Recite them. God, this is what you said. Are you praying into it? What has God conceived in you? He has given everything Necessary for that seed to be birthed in you 100% whole. Hmm. The supernatural is conceived in you to bring supernatural provisions to others. Jesus is a supernatural provision for others so what what's in you are you carrying healing it's interesting because the lord has given me a few little windows opened over the last 4 weeks about his presence, his manifest presence, and his expectation of me. Because we've had a conversation about it. And he has told me that anytime I lay hands on someone, my expectation is supposed to be that he is moving and working. So there's been a few instances And uh, Olivia and I were at the grocery store before Christmas. We have Friday night family dinner. I cook. I know it's a new thing. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, it's, it's about 1130 on a Friday morning, and I'm not really, I'm not dressed like this. I have any makeup on. My hair's not done. A couple times, maybe I had a ball cap on. I don't know. I'm not really there to meet people. And uh, we're in a hurry. We got the list and, you know, we're running around. And at this point, I'm looking for oranges and I can't find a decent orange in Safeway. They're all nasty and talking about this. And she's like, oh, the pears look amazing, mom. And I'm like, go ahead, get some. You know, grandpa's favorite are the apple pears, but if you're going to buy them, we got to eat them. Like, don't waste. And uh, so we carry on and I come out of the diaper aisle because I'm a grandma now buy those and uh, I come out of the diaper aisle and I hear a man's voice say Winona and I stop and I'm looking around and I don't see anybody I know and no one is saying anything but there's an older gentleman just a few feet away from me with his card and he's kind of looking at me expectantly so I'm thinking did he call my name but I have no clue who you are so I, I said, did, did you call my name? And he goes, yes, I called your name. And, and I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't recognize you. He said, Winona, you do not recognize me? He spoke those words and I'm like, ah, yes, I know who you are. So chatted with him, his wife and daughter, who I've known probably since I was, what, five. <laughs> and um, at the end, He's been in and out of the hospital with uh, heart trouble and kidney problems. And at this point, I'm not near him. And uh, we went to say goodbye. I walked over, and I laid my hand on his hand on the cart. And I just, in, I'm just like, you know, in my head, I'm doing my thing. But I don't want to freak him out, <laughs> So I just lay my hand on his hand, and, and I'm just like, well, we're just going to believe that this new year you're going to stay out of that hospital, because it's not good for you. We're going to believe for those, your organs to be functioning fully. And his wife and daughter came into agreement with that. So we get in the car. And I said to Olivia, I said, this odd. Well, OK, then, then I ran into them the next Friday. <laughs> I didn't look any better. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you haven't seen people for 35 years. <laughs> Anyways, so after we ran into them the second time, Liv and I are running errands, and uh, I'm like, you know, it's just really interesting, because uh, Alicia came over, and she just felt the presence of God in our house, and can I share, they come over for the youth night, and all the girls were sitting at our table. All the boys were at Daniel and Brenda's table. And and the youth leaders are sitting respectively with them. And Liv says to me after, she goes, yeah, Alicia was just like, I'm looking at her going, what is wrong with you? Like, you're just like, wow, you're like not, you're not tracking. And, and uh, she says, and then finally Alicia says to me, she looks at me, she stops. She goes, what did you guys do around here? Liv goes, uh, we came home and put worship music on and I don't know made crepes but she felt the presence of the Lord in our house to the point where she was drunk (laughs) that's an awesome thing by the way the young man friend of ours who came to fix the furnace walked into the prayer room grabbed the prayer room door took one step into the prayer room And went, whoa. Presence of God. So God's been opening these little windows to me. And Olivia says, well, Mom, you know, when you reached your hand and you started to walk over to that man and you went to touch him, she says, I knew right well what you were doing. She says, but when you touched him, she says, I felt the presence of God just go whoosh. So see, God's giving me little glimpses, little glimpses of what I'm carrying. But I have to steward it. I have to nurture it. I have to pray into it. I have to be faithful to it. I've been hearing in my spirit for a few months now the word suddenly. Yeah. We've grabbed hold of it in our house. We need a suddenly. We need a suddenly. I don't have months to wait. We need a suddenly. And when I ask God about what he's promised us, what he's spoken over me, over our church, over you, Isaiah 43.3, I declare the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted, and they came to pass. So sometimes there's, speaks the word, and he prophesies, and time passes, but a suddenly is coming. Grab hold of that. Grab hold of that. A suddenly is coming. Suddenly I acted and they came to pass. And you may feel that you're on the brink of despair. You may feel that you got no hope. You may feel like I am so done with this. How many times do we have to go around this mountain? God, you said, and I don't see it, so well, I must not have heard. But God is bringing your suddenly when what he has conceived in you is birthed. He is birthing something supernaturally in you, and it is full of his promises. It is full of his provision. Your suddenly is coming. Why? Because what you are carrying, the world around you needs. Some of you have been carrying this baby for so long, you feel like it's never going to happen. I felt like that four times with my children. And, and my husband's just like, I don't get that. You know this child's going to be born. It's like, no. You reach a point when you are pregnant where you think, this just must be the way it's going to be for the rest of my life. And then guess what? Suddenly, Some of you have clung tenaciously to prophetic words and promises. Some of you are experiencing labor pains right now. God is bringing your suddenlies. Hmm. dreams that you thought were dead your suddenly is coming don't give up don't give up walk in faith have hope Hmm. I'd just like you to close your eyes for a moment and I want you just to be in a posture of receiving from the Lord this morning If you've identified with this word. And maybe you have felt like giving up. Maybe you have felt like you don't, you can't see it. Holy Spirit, open their eyes that they could see your promises and what you've spoken over them. Truth is being spoken over you right now. The scales of confusion, doubt, and weariness have been broken off you now in the name of Jesus. We release clarity, the wisdom of God, The discernment of God. We release that right now. Just receive that. Now just begin to worship him. Let' Just take a few moments and just begin to worship him. Out loud, begin to prophetically worship. Speak over. What has he said to you? Worship Him. Worship Him. Hallelujah. release hope. God's word doesn't return void. You hang on to that one. But it accomplishes what he sent it out to do. What has God said over you? What are you doing about it? Are you nurturing it? Hmm. Father, I just thank you, Lord. You are faithful. Your word does not return void. Be it unto me according to your word.